It's your girl T, Father Long Legs, um, High Priestess, whatever you want to call me, or don't. None of you call me any of this, um, but I'm going to keep on saying it. This is the very last episode of 2019. Very exciting. Um, last year, for the last episode, I did a best of clips show. I called it a best of, but it truly was. There's no objectivity to it except for these are just some moments that I remember looking back. Um, truly there's no real ranking if there was a moment you liked better please do let me know and i'll i'll play it again um but you know this is a this is a, a dictatorship so i um i just kind of went back through the whole year i like to look back a lot if you guys have followed me on this journey you know that i am a woman of nostalgia i love to look back and i love to look back at it hey um no i just like to look back and sort of like summarize and analyze and reflect and that's what I did so I went back and looked at my favorite uh, moments um, sort of re-reminded myself of some uh, great moments that uh, maybe had happened a while ago that slipped my mind and um, if you guys haven't listened to every episode this is a cool way to catch up on some of the cool moments if you're joining us for the first time welcome Um, here's a little sampler platter of the year Um, and yeah so basically um, there's a handful of clips uh, I will introduce each one and tell you a little bit about the guest and the topic they're all about a few minutes long and then um, in between I'll play some highly illegal music that I like um, because it's not really illegal is it I don't know I don't make money on this so I don't think it's illegal but um, and, and that's that's it and so anyways I thanks for joining in on the show and thanks for being confidant uh, whether you've been here from the day one or you just joined or whatever um, it's pretty cool that it's been two whole fucking years so um, I'm really excited about that um, anyways okay so let's get into it what's the first clip uh, the first clip we have this was oh, oh I have to say by the way before I go into this these aren't like really in an order it's not like the be- it's not like the worst to best or best to worst or if you I will say also some episodes I actually really did like, but I didn't have the recording of because um, someone else edited it. So anyways, truly, again, don't read too much into this. But the thing I will say is every clip in this episode is, I think, very strong and very good. And all the guests are very strong and very good. And I think I've taken a good variety of um, topics to share with you guys. All right. I think I have so much anxiety. I feel like I have to explain everything. And you guys probably didn't need that explanation. This first clip, um, in no particular order, this was really fun. This was with, um, when I first moved into my apartment where I'm living now, where I'm recording this now with guest Joe Quazala. He's so, so funny. We met at a comedy festival last year. Um, and since he's done this podcast, not because of this podcast, what if I was like, he did this podcast and this is why he blew up? No, um, I'm just trying to say like, if you guys remember that episode and you haven't caught up with him, definitely go check out his half hour. It's out now. It's very funny. Um, but no, I was just trying to say, yeah, since he's done this podcast, um, he's released a lot of great 
material so please do check that out um so so funny love him dearly so we talked about a lot of things his confession if you remember was that he loves to make lists but this particular clip we actually talked about something that i think about a lot starting off with nostalgia um but how sometimes when you go back to a place you haven't been in a long time it just makes you like your whole body remember how you felt then and um we just kind of get into this sort of nostalgia feeling and memories and why um, we get sad when we think about certain periods of our life so enjoy that clip and i would love curated lists about my own life as <laughs> as conceited as that sounds but like because there's so many things that happen that you want to experience again and then i'm sure there's also so many things that are would be memorable but you didn't know it at the time so you don't you don't have that memory yes but it was significant. Like maybe you crossed paths with someone that you uh, was important to you years later, but you had no idea that you guys crossed paths. That's so interesting. I do love those um, stories where you're like, oh, you were at that party. And then whoa, right. we both made uh -huh. it here. I, you saying that just reminded me, I forgot I do this. And I, don't, I haven't done it for this last place I moved, but I used to keep... Um, a folder on my computer. I guess it still exists. I have a folder on my computer mm -hmm. of um, all the rooms I've lived in. Okay. Because I used to just like take pictures of the room. At so usually I'd be at some point if I was like just, uh, you know, sending it to my mom to be like, here's my new decoration. Mm -hmm. Then I realized I was like, oh, I have this record. So I, yeah, and that's then, really nice. Well, it's nice, but when you live there, you don't care because it's the thing you see every day. Yes. As soon as you leave, you're like, oh, I kind of miss the space. Uh -huh. So I started tracking it and it's nice to go back and be like, I remember exactly what that period in my life was like. I haven't been doing it for the last two places I've lived, mm -hmm. but I'm like, maybe I should. Do you have issues moving because you have connections mm -hmm. to the places? <laughs> I think I do. I think moving is very stressful for me. I just moved and um, it's still stressful, mm -hmm. but I have this feeling of like, I don't feel settled until I, it's, I'm totally like, everything's decorated to the last inch and I'm like, okay, now yeah. it's, now it's my home. Do you have problems though with uh, leaving the the space that you've grown accustomed oh, to? Gosh, uh, it's not so. M I'm trying to think. I don't think so. I don't think I get sad leaving mm -hmm. a place. I get excited about the new uh, opportunity. Okay, that's great. Yeah, but do you, I, do you live in in places for extended periods of time? No, and so this is why I think maybe that's probably I do why. have an issue. Well, I do think I have an issue with. Uh, I do like the novelty of change, but then once I'm there, it really freaks me out, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. I'm like, I can't wait for something new. And then the something new is the same always because you're the same person. Yes, right. So not much changes. A part of me thinks everything's going to be different, and then I get there and everything's the you're same. You're like, I'm still the same. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not better now. <laughs> and that's usually the moment where I'm like, now I miss what I had. I, mm -hmm. That was good. <laughs> right, yeah. It, it, it can, yeah. it can be like that. I tend to find uh places to live and stay there for a long time like i in in chicago i more or less had just one apartment and i've been in the place i've been in here in la for most of the time i've been here yeah and i, I like the idea of a, a permanent residence but i think then if and when you have to leave it it makes it that much harder because you have mm -hmm. such a connection to it that makes sense. I've gone back to places i haven't been to for like i think there's like a memory in the actual space like i've been uh, I have this memory of like, I think I was in high school, maybe about to graduate. I can't remember, but I was like older as a teen and I had mm -hmm. moved like 
away from my the place I went to middle school. Like it was a different city. Yeah. And I happened to be around there and just thought about driving back. So I was like, oh, I'm just curious like what it's like. And I yeah. just drove back to the middle school and walked around. And then I just started crying. I was like 18 yeah. or something. No, I, I get that. But all it, it was weird because it was like I hadn't been in that space mm-hmm. for years. Or what felt like, you know, four years and when you're 18 is like a big chunk of your life. Yes. And it, uh, and all I had were these memories that I didn't think were anything. But as soon as my body was back there again, I was like, whoa. Like, yeah, it all comes back to you yeah. and it, you, you start feeling things. Exactly. In addition to just remembering things. And you feel that it's gone. I think that's what made me really yes, sad. Yes, you'll like, never have that again. It's never, that, I'm never going to be young, as young as I was, like in that space the way mm-hmm. I was like it's yeah. with the people who yes. I saw and that's the day. big one that's the extreme one because it's like you when you leave some sort of situation I think the thing that is the most crushing is that these people will never be here at the same time yes again in the same way and in and, and this and yeah in the same way like you can always hit up a friend and you know an old friend that you know will be around forever like we, even if you don't see each other every day but it's different it's not it's, the same you're not dynamic. in the same you're not you guys aren't in the same place emotionally or mentally or whatever even if you're in the same place physically and and you know time is uh, good in that it changes things but it also you know because it changes things we there's something that we once had that is gone forever which and i think anytime we have to deal with a concept of forever yeah. it like is it is really it, it can really affect you do you feel that way about chicago cuz that's where you kind of started comedy right yeah i do I have I have very uh, strong feelings about mostly the people who were there at that mm-hmm. time, and I, I I worked on a very collaborative project for mm-hmm. years with the same people, and we will never be able to replicate that, right? You know, and partially because of uh, being young. Mm-hmm. And willing to put up with stuff, and just where we were professionally, and because people are in different parts of the world now, and, yeah. and, and people, some people aren't alive, and like it's just it is a thing that is formative too. Because when you're young yes. and you have those experiences, you you get it's extra special, and that time in my life is like really really uh, special to me. Okay, so that was Joe Quazala. I'm going to keep this show moving right along. <laughs> what if I did that this entire episode? I just made it sound like I was hosting a stand-up show. Um, speaking of stand-up, I do still host a weekly Monday night stand-up show in Los Feliz. If you live in Los Angeles, come see me. It's very, very chill. And by that, I mean sometimes... There are 30 people there, and sometimes there are five. But it's always free. There's always free pizza. There's always free beer. Um, Also, the lineup is fucking great. We have so many people who've been on TV and have specials and do headlining shows for a lot of money. Um, But they like to come and run stuff. And so you get to see their material first. And it's very chill. So come to that every Monday. But not this Monday. It'll start back up in the new year, January 20th, 2020. (sighs) It's late. Okay, let's get to the next clip. This next clip was, was with Marlena Rodriguez, um, super funny comedian. Her good confession was that she just got hired to write on Silicon Valley. Since then, her episode has come out, so do check it out. Um, you know, the final season of Silicon Valley, named after the place that I'm from, so I hold that show dear to me, even though, you know, it is fiction. Um, 
but uh, we talked about how she um, her complicated feelings towards losing weight inadvertently. So she kind of accidentally lost weight when she started her ADHD medication. Um, that's what we talked about. But in this clip specifically, we talk about sort of the nuances of um, being in between. So not being someone who is bothered by weight, but then realizing when you accidentally lose weight that people compliment you and what to make of that. So we, we get into that in this clip. So enjoy. I ended up losing like 25 pounds in two months. <gasps> That's a lot. And the thing is like everyone is like, you look amazing. <laughs> and it's wonderful, you know, like I think – What's really tough is at the end of the day, as powerful and as enthusiastic as as powerful as feminism is, and as much as we all like that is the reality we want to live in. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, the male gaze still decides a lot of our lives. Yeah, and so at the it's it's not this thing of like. Well, great, because now someone will sexually harass me and I can leverage it. And it's like, no, it's nothing like that. It's just like we can't undo all the Disney movies and like all the magazine, all the like 17 magazine, here's your body. Like we can't undo all that shit with like a really good Beyonce song, you know? Well, and I imagine people saying this, it feels good in the moment and this is the weird thing with like talking about weight and uh, I've talked with some guests about eating disorders before and people have been in recovery god damn it do you want me to do no no no, No, I'm just kidding (laughs) no because I think it's really good to talk openly and I've always been afraid of talking about it because I I've never had an eating disorder like I my control comes out in like addiction and um substance abuse but dope but uh, yeah great 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 (laughs) super fun very chill um no but no pun intended (laughs) oh my god it's hard to talk about because there's this in-between space like kind of what you're talking about where you live in where it's it's not like not to be like it's not full-blown eating disorder but no and that's that's kind of where I live go ahead well you're feeling the like the positive part of like losing weight which is a also a thing some people do and take control of in a good way right that's a positive uh if you have a goal and you want to lose weight not that you have to but if you wanted to and you got that goal that it could be a very good feeling and if people are complimenting you that's a good feeling but then like what do you do if you're like happy on both both ends and all of it or you were happy before and now people are complimenting you and you're that's like, the thing is people are so overwhelmingly like god damn you look incredible like <laughs> like my pilates teacher was like shit you look fucking good <sighs> and it's like you're combining that with the fact that I've literally grown up on the idea mm. that being thin and defined and mm-hmm. like having a really restricted diet is the best case scenario. Hey, good, better give us some money. Give us some money. Pussy good, better give us some money. Give us some money. Attitude, give us some money. Give us some money. That was Marlena Rodriguez. Very, very funny. Go follow her. This next clip, uh, I really enjoyed doing this episode because um, he is a person I've known pretty much since I've started doing comedy. He, he's, I consider him my mentor um, in many ways. 
he literally taught me improv 101 um and we had such a great conversation and he's sort of been a source of advice and guidance and just like inspiration throughout my entire um I say entire like I've been around for a long time but you know I know in the grand scheme of things I am very green um so anyways but he's been that for me throughout the entire time I've been doing comedy um so I just on many levels enjoyed this conversation but also appreciate how honest he got um this is with the guest is Anthony Atamanik um star of the president show uh he he does a fucking fantastic impression of Donald Trump um very sad that all the funny cartoonist cartoonish nightmarish <laughs> traits are true about the president um but when we're just talking about comedy wise great comedian but fucking terrifying that he he nails it spot on for all the bad stuff um but anyway so I had Anthony on the show when I went to New York um it was just he was just so honest I I couldn't have asked for a better interview um yeah I was just so humbled to have been able to talk to him this person I admire so much and call a friend and yeah so in this clip we get into sort of the idea of um toxic masculinity from the male side from the male perspective and talk about why um it sort of god I hate that word prison but it is it's kind of a prison for both men and women so we just talk about that and I've really found this um discussion refreshing specifically this clip where I felt that we were both just kind of like not bullshitting and just being honest with with each other um like humans (laughs) which you don't see on online arguments a lot um so yeah so enjoy that clip here it is you were a victim of this but it's harder for men to talk about it because of all the antagonism now but but, and it's not all totally you know false obviously there's a lot of um toxic masculinity that affects women as well and i think they should voice all of that but yes all of of it yeah but there's men who become victims of that as well and it's it's hard because if they try to talk about it it, immediately there's a pitchfork mentality of like oh well what do you know you weren't a woman well and i think the other thing yes i agree with that and i think it's also about people going to their corners like that's the other thing is like men don't need to I mean, you know, there doesn't need to be some public men's group that's like, what about us? We, we could just do it quietly. We don't need to, like, steal back. I mean, that's part of the problem, right? We want to steal back the spotlight. Yeah. I make think sure. both exist. I think there's a the fallacy in a lot of MRA groups is that what feminism cannot ex- coexist with uh, men's rights. So there's a lot of like, oh, women are talking yeah. about this, but they're ignoring us instead of just right. like, oh, if we help them, maybe they can help us and we can all talk. Well, I think men's rights is the problem is men's rights have been co-opted by incels and sort of is essentially a new right-wing, you know, pool for bullshit. (laughs) I think that it's more about, like, looking at now, still, what are the things we reinforce? You know, when we say terms like man up, when we call a man a bitch, right? When we call a woman a bitch, like... I get that there's colloquialisms and I don't want to be some person who's, you know, I'm not a person who thinks anything should be censored. I don't give a shit. I don't think (laughs) that that is the answer. I do think, though, that the way that we do it is by the people producing the work and what is sold and reinforced in media, just to land in media for a moment and say, like, what do we show our young boys? And Mm -hmm. then and, and what do we show our young girls? And like, why are we? especially at early ages, why are we dividing boys and girls? Why are we so concerned about identifying genders and making sure that boys understand they have to be this way and girls have to understand they have to Mm -hmm. be that way? I think that, like, that's the root level. And I think that there has to be a place where 
where some men, not all men, because obviously, and this is always going to be true, people are going to look for excuses for their shitty behavior. That was Anthony Tamanik. I love him so much. Um, this next clip is with another guest I love very much um, since the womb. It's my sister. Um, so, you know, if you haven't heard, because you definitely have if you follow me, because I posted about it a lot. Uh, I turned 30 this year. Uh, I know, very brave of me to admit. Um, but I turned 30 this year and I have a twin sister, so she also turned 30. And for my birthday week, I interviewed her. So she's she lives in LA. I really just like look up to her and she's um, someone who has been there for me my entire life and I feel like we share experiences on a level that a lot of people um, just don't understand and there's no problem with that I think everybody has different relationships but there's something about like you know growing up with someone from literally second one right or negative second one because we were in the womb together Um, that is cool so we also do have differences. Um, so we talked about many things. I mean, her confession was um, kind of a funny one about how she thought she could control her period with her mind. But we got into a very real place. Um, and I like this clip because this is sort of the first time me and her really talked about um, our like struggles in high school as adults. So I think we were both like aware and we both like talked about it in our art and in the work that we do, but never just kind of like a conversation like this honest. Um, so I felt like this wasn't like, it wasn't performative, if that makes sense. Like I know so much about her yet. I still learned a lot about her through and myself through doing this podcast with her. Um, specifically we talked about her, um, experience with having an eating disorder in high school, how I, was not fully um, uh, aware. Is that the word I was looking for? I feel like there's another word. Sentient? I don't know. I wasn't fully aware of it. Um, And then we kind of talked about how we were, we had similar experiences, but then like kind of forked off in two different ways, opposite extremes um, to cope with sort of like the abuse or you know emotional abuse that we went through as teenagers okay so it's heavy but it's fun because you know we're fun okay (laughs) enjoy this clip yeah and then I remember feeling like okay I really want to be normal but I couldn't stop I couldn't stop not eating if that makes sense like it was just it's a people you know people understand what it is I'm sorry you went through that because you know to be honest I didn't really know how serious it was at the time I I the way you're saying now I'm like I remember you going to the doctor I remember you're losing hair but I also remember you know I was in my own world dealing with my own stuff too and I think we both um had similar triggers and with different we were coping in different ways I think we both coped in different ways yes um but okay do you want to hear my theory wait I want to hear oh yeah well I want to yeah I'll try to wrap it like I said I I, I tend to ramble but but basically (laughs) what happened was well long and short of it I did get better but the way I really got better was um dance dance really saved my life because going to dance class there were a couple times where I got so dizzy I had to sit out like Mm -hmm. across the floors and then I was like shit like I can't even dance and this thing I love and then also there was a moment I remember we were doing the sit-ups where you lie on the ground and you have your feet go up and down Uh whatever they're called um and I looked at my hips and they were protruding and I freaked out and I was like 
that's crazy that looks not like my body and like i look like i'm dying so after that i was like i need to get better and then um then i don't remember you being that skinny uh, well it it wasn't like but that's why i'm saying it was like we were already skinny so it was was not a huge jump it was probably like 10 pounds less but um then i went to taiwan and i did the teaching trip uh and i remember that summer specifically it's weird thinking now because if i was a therapist i'd be like "Mm, she was getting her confidence she went Mm -hmm. she went to taiwan she started teaching and she was starting to come into her own but i went or she was away away from some triggers Uh, okay yes okay i'm gonna gonna let you say your theory but let me say so when i was in taiwan i remember specifically thinking because that trip it was a volunteer trip and they fed us and it was really nice we had everything all included like we didn't have to spend too much um no no i think I don't know if we paid up front or whatever, but the point is we had food they gave us every day. Um, and so I remember thinking, I'm going to be good and eat this food because it's provided. It's be a way, you know, it was just there. I didn't have to buy it or anything. And then Did I remember- Did you always feel like you had to be good? Like, was there, who was telling you what was the good thing or the right thing? Yeah, I know do? what you're trying to get at, but I want to finish no, this I'm thought before you get to- I'm not I'm dissect. Oh, I don't know. Yes, you're I'm, right. I'm, you have plenty of time, by the way. I feel you're, you're oh. rushing through this story and that's fine. The whole, this is an interview with you and so you have plenty of time. I just like to ask about things that I hear that are interesting. So don't feel like you have to rush through it. Mm-hmm. But something you said did interest me. You, say, yes. you said um, you felt like you had to be good. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean... I like guess I should say I should good, say more right for the, to do, the readers, cause, the listeners, because I think I keep feeling like you know this, but then I'm like, oh, duh, because you grew up with me. But yeah, I mean, I did feel like I always had to fit into. Yes, that's how I felt all my it life. Wasn't that what you to be wanted good. to do, but there was some force out there being like, this is the good thing, and if you are step out of line, oh, oh, to happen. eat. Uh, like there's a no, lot. No, I think there's wh- a lot of you right now. I'm hearing like adhering to these like invisible rules. Like yes. who's setting these rules? uh mom no yeah maybe mom <laughs> i think a lot okay, of it elaborate. a lot of it was when we were growing up i think a lot of it was mom so you just felt like there was this kind of invisible hand ready to slap down if yes. you just went out of line okay. i literally went through i some, can relate to that yes literally went through some poetry yesterday i don't know why don't ask me why i sometimes just look through my old files because you're about to turn 30 that's uh, what you do yeah maybe I think I was looking for something, but I'm, but anyway, whatever. If, if somehow I found like I was looking for a genius, and I'm like, that's not somehow that good. I found this old um, old free rides from like 2003, which I would have been eighth, eighth grade. grade. Yeah, and there was one, and it was like like bother, and it was like talk about this fly like persistent bother and like i was like uh-huh. the nagging voice and like my uh-huh. eyes are caking from crying with makeup it's not good poetry but uh actually it's not bad actually when you read it. i was like this could be like an emily dickinson poem published in something um i feel like i was better at poetry in eighth grade than i am now um you know why i think teenagers who not all but the ones who are good at poetry are better when they're younger we don't filter ourselves when we're young well that because your brain is literally developing right so yeah. like poetry is like a little abstract it's the raw feeling but through like words that don't necessarily go together uh-huh. and your brain literally ha- doesn't know how to actually put words together yes and you're in school so you're constantly being educated and reading other poetry i don't really unless you take the time now to read like you kind of dumb down your vocabulary hair go long like chia money go long like nia i am the big idea my twins big like Tia. My twins big like Tia Tamara. That was my sister Jenny. Um, you should follow her on Instagram at housecat a at h a u s k a a t. She's a DJ, musician. She posts cool dance videos. Um, honestly, I used to not introduce her to people because I was like, God, you guys are gonna like her more. That's a joke. Um, I want the best for her. 
but um it is a joke i know it sounds especially with that heavy clip that sound i just realized i'm like that is what an emotional abuser would say no she's really great um actually she djs a lot of comedy shows for my friends um who i've introduced her to so anyways i'm gonna move on to this next clip which is so delightful um this comedian is Nick Turner, and he's so funny. He hosts his own podcast with Nick Vatterat, two Nicks hosting a podcast called Get Rich Nick. And he came on my show and talked about a time in New York when he did political theater and was infiltrated by the government. Um, but in this clip, we specifically just kind of talk about how people complain about problems and how they want you to react and um, how sometimes you feel like you don't know what to say because you want to fix it, but they really just want to be heard, which is something I really relate to because I often feel like I want to help be active and fix things, but sometimes people just want you to listen. So here's that clip. Um, so I just, this is all I, I'm ever going to do again. Okay. Any story, anybody complain about anything, I'll be like, damn, your problems are the worst ones. Oh, that's great. <laughs> You made me feel great. You just want, I think sometimes when people complain, they really just want you to be like, that, that's bad. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I sympathize with you. I, or I empathize with you. <laughs> I empathize. That sucks. Um, do you want $5? Yeah. Um, you want to get some ice cream <laughs> yeah. on you okay, by yourself? Yeah. Great. <laughs> just, I'm going to start giving people money when they, <laughs> when they tell me problems. <laughs> $5. If I got $5 every time $5? I complain to someone, boy. <laughs> I might complain even more. Or I guess it should be the opposite because my, my um, dog trainer tells me like when, I, when I'm supposed to get him to do good things, instead of telling him not to do the bad things, I'm just supposed to reward the good, which is really hard because it's mm. easier to be like, don't do that. Don't sit down when I'm walking you. Right. So maybe instead of giving people $5 when they complain, I'll do nothing when they complain and then when they tell me good news, I'll give them $5. Yes. <laughs> I mean, 100%. <laughs> that would change the world. That was Nick Turner, guys. Um, this next clip is with comedian Steph Talev. She is so funny. And uh, when she recorded this podcast, she was about to get a dog. She has since gotten a dog, and it's the cutest dog. The dog's name is Susan. It's a golden retriever puppy. If you guys like puppies, and if you don't, I don't know what's wrong with you. Um, if you guys like puppies, go follow her on Instagram if you're not already following her um, because she posts pictures of the puppy. So that's not what we talk about, though. What do we talk about? Well, I enjoyed this clip. <laughs> I thought it was a real fun one because we talked about road rage and we kind of talked about uh why people get angrier in their cars than they do in real life, why they feel emboldened to act like assholes, and um, what would happen if all cars have guns. Um, spoiler, it would not be good. Anyways, here's that clip. Uh, I used to, I don't think this will ever happen, but I've literally been like, I feel like people would drive better if like you were allowed, like cars were like bees, like you were allowed to like, just like hit, ram into one car like one time and like everybody would be fine. Yep. Like, and your car would be fine. You wouldn't get, you know, if everyone had that once, because then, then would everyone be nice. would be driving like a little bit more scared. Because mm -hmm. you're like, you don't know if the person behind me has, still has their one As time. One hit. <laughs> yeah, that, that's actually a very good idea. Or there should be like uh, honks that don't just honk, but are like, 
excuse me or like something just yells yeah. a rude thing very rude i would uh yeah or i would like to like the road rage here so bad though. i would like to punch one person just get out in the middle of traffic everyone can see me just go to their window just punch them it's too much See, again it's the it's anger again <laughs> it's road rage i watched uh uh it, when i learned how to drive they showed us a video about road rage and i still have the image in my mind because they're like you know don't don't piss people off on the road because you never know when someone's like gonna have road rage and the video they showed was this guy getting out of his car with a baseball bat like like so mad because yeah. he got cut off and i was like oh no so yeah scary. it's bad and out here too like a lot of my friends when they're driving me they get kind of scared because my road rage can't get out of control and they're like they could have a gun i'm like that's actually very true like that that's the one thing that freaks well, me not, out oh yeah but i don't like I, that might not happen but like if i piss somebody off enough i'm also thinking of getting a vanity license plate which i probably shouldn't <laughs> what would it say um well I, a, a while ago i posted this thing i like put my name into wikipedia uh-huh steph tolev and then it said i pressed enter and it said did you mean step oh toilet? yes i saw yes so that was the funniest thing i've ever seen in my life so i'm gonna get s toilet as oh my, my god <laughs> and also because i think it's hilarious to be cut off in traffic and me flipping the finger and then s toilet is kind of, that's so annoying <laughs> that's such a stupid thing but i'm like people are gonna be able to find me way better if i cut them off i know people act differently in cars because if uh, you're talking about if someone had a gun but if cars had guns like if you could fire a oh, gun yes. from your car, no, peop, everyone would be dead. Every single person. I like the horn was a gun and, the, yeah, and then, like a bullet like, shot out. Yeah, you Because it's like yeah. kind of anonymous, mm-hmm. but everyone's different. Like you're just different when you're in your car. Like are you like that in real life? Do you yell at people and get mad when you're, if someone pisses you off? I do. I'm pretty aggressive, but I, I honestly think that like now that I'm really thinking about all this like built up anger stuff that you were saying too, but I'm like, I think I just let it all build up until I get in the car and then like uh-huh. that's the release to take it out because I'm like, I know I'm alone. And I know I can yell as loud as I can. Like, there's been times in traffic where I am yelling so loud and then I'll kind of catch myself and start laughing and then I'll look over and see somebody in their car like laughing at me. And I'm like, oh, this is crazy. Why are you pissed? That was Steph Taleb. Um, this next clip is with... Noah Finlean, very funny comedian. Do you guys notice pattern? Everyone's very funny because I just think everyone's funny. But these people are all are truly very funny. And you should go catch them all live if you have a chance. Um, Noah Finlean is um, delight. And he had a very serious confession and was very honest because he was in the middle of going through it. Since then, I'll let you guys know that it all worked out um him, him and his girlfriend because he told a story about how him and his girlfriend moved in together into a cockroach infested place they're still together and very strong so um it was kind of a cool story to hear sort of like the beginning of it and then being able to track sort of how they got stronger and closer through it but this clip is um him telling me this tactic he uses when he's stressed out about problems and when he gets anxiety and what he does um this is from Noah Finlane on how he deals with problems when it when he thinks they're irrational. Here it is. Um, also, my brother has a, we he's kind of his therapist taught him this thing that I really like. If you like treat all your problems like a court, like a like they're in court. Oh, okay. And you would be like, okay, uh, first <laughs> case is uh, Noah. Um, let's see, one of my many anxieties. Noah's uh, not, nobody likes Noah at work. Uh-huh. And then you're like, okay, if you were a, a lawyer, you'd be like, okay, what evidence do I have to show the judge of that? And you'd be like, 
nothing. I don't have anything <laughs> to show that. And you'd be like, uh, okay, maybe I shouldn't worry about this. Oh, I like that analogy. You know I've never I mean? heard that. Because you're, it, it, it's true. It's like, if I had evidence, if the lawyer was like, well, this person said this and this, and they behaved this way. And I can be like, okay, that's reasonable. Now, what is the verdict? Go talk to that person uh-huh. or get out of that situation. You know, make, make a choice. Yeah. Um, and if there's no evidence, then you're like, this is in my head. I'm spiraling, you know? Yeah, no, that's a great way of yeah. putting it. Yeah, because also, I, I, yeah, I don't want to um, write off all feelings because sometimes, yes, you are in situations sometimes where people are around you are doing stuff. Yeah. But I think then you can come to that conclusion. You uh-huh. can say, well, uh, the evidence is all here, so yeah. I shouldn't be in this situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. should probably leave. And if yeah. I don't leave, it's my fault. Yeah. This shit is a girl blunt. I only smoke girl blunt. This shit is a girl blunt. I only smoke girl blunt. That was Noah Finlane. So lovely. Um, He is an uncle now. I only know that because I actually met him through his brother, who I did New York with, or who I did comedy with in New York. Didn't do New York with. I guess I did do New York with him. Um, Very funny comedian from New York City um, who had a baby, Ari Finlane. Check him out. Okay. Wow. What do I want to tell you guys about next this next clip oh another lovely comedian and writer um and former co-worker slash boss daniel o'brien uh, we worked together at cracked he was one of the first friends i made in la when i first moved here just like the most compassionate funny smart so smart so sharp um nice nicest man and uh we had a fun conversation um he showed up prepared with a notebook i thought it was the best um yeah we had so many moments in this conversation where i was like wow that's really like it makes me because him and i are different like we're friends but i fundamentally we see the world differently we and but we were being honest there were many moments when i like felt like i learned something and then it shifted my point of view and i love that specifically in this clip, we talked about um, why it's so important to say what you want, to ask for what you want as an adult, um, and why it is hard and why sometimes it feels easier to prioritize somebody else's feelings, um, but why that ultimately does not benefit either of you. So here's that clip. Enjoy. Do you do that, though? Like, do you often put other people's needs before yours to a point where you're like, oh, no, I sh- I'm now unhappy and I shouldn't I, have done that? Probably, I think. I, th- I think I do that too much. I mean, like, I, I, I far be it for me to be, to, to, I don't know, that just sounds like I'm boosting myself up about just, like, sometimes I'm too kind to everyone. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. You've, you, you've interacted with me. Does that seem like a thing? <laughs> well, no, I mean, I think a lot of uh, comedians are, like, and also, especially people we worked with, because we're, we're, like, I think at our heart, we want to be good people, but sometimes when you prioritize other people, it can almost end up being, like, in my personal experience, I've done this in relationships where I've been like, okay, I need to make sure everyone else is happy, but then I'm not doing what I want. And then ultimately, what people want is for you to be happy too. Right, and it it, it makes it, uh, it can make it impossible to be around me, I know. I mean, I've, <laughs> it's something that I've worked at for, for years and years, but it's always a, a, been a struggle in like romantic relationships where mm-hmm. I do the, the thing, which is wrong, which is <laughs> stay silent and prioritize the other person's feelings. And then... Five months later, I'm very resentful. And the partner's like, yeah. why? I'm like, because we always did this for you, and we always did that, and we always did this. I didn't ask you to do that. No, you didn't. Oh, man. <laughs> but I did it anyway, and now I'm mad. 
That's my my fear now is when people aren't gonna say what they want. But I this is something I've learned in therapy. <laughs> my therapist was like, you have to just trust that the other person's an adult, and if they're not, they'll figure that out. Yeah. And that's so hard for me because sometimes I'm like, they're not, and mm -hmm. they I know that they don't want this. But uh, I think the only way for them to learn is for them to realize they can't get what they want yeah. until they ask for it. So, yeah, it's def definitely very tough. Um, but I've started recently in the last year, like, practicing that for myself, like, asking for what I want. Mm -hmm. It's very scary at first because it's weird to be like, I want this. Even if it, it's not actually, like, even if it hurts you, but that's what I always feel like right. I'm implying. Like, even if you don't. Yeah. But really, it's like, and then I'll wait for you to tell me what you want. Right. And hopefully, we'll find something that works for both of us. That sounds healthy. Say bitch, say bitch, say 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 bitch. I am what you get between the Texas and a Bay, bitch. Way bitch. Now I'm in LA, bitch. Catch me out in traffic, I'll be riding in the latest. Made it. Out the fucking stereotype. Used to fucking carry a knife, hit a lick like every night. Now I'm living paradise, gambled like a paradise. Better all than one dollar bank accounts is hella right. That was Daniel O'Brien. Um, so lovely. Emmy award winning now. I mean, I think that happened after we recorded, so pretty cool. Um, it's continuing the train of talking about your feelings and what you want. Um, I had Emma Wilman on, who's a very funny comedian, recently moved from New York City. So hilarious. Um, she came by and talked about uh, a time when she pooped her pants as a child. But this clip specifically is not about poop. If you guys want to hear the poop story, it is funny. You can go listen to the full episode. But we actually talked about uh, a way that she handles her anxiety when it comes to talking about her feelings in relationships and sort of the uncomfortable feeling of like expressing that somebody hurt your feelings and how to create a safe space. Because, you know, if you're with someone for a long term, you can't just be avoidant. You got to deal with it. So she had a really funny tactic that I actually love and I totally want to use, but I have not yet because I'm still uh, single and alone forever. Um, no, I'm actually very happy, happy to be uh, happy to be alone. Um, but yes, I haven't had a chance to have to talk about my feelings getting hurt because um, nobody's hurt my feelings. So here it is. It depends. Like in the past, I haven't been, I, I've not said, if, like in a relationship, I won't say if something bothers me. Now I try to be good about that. Where I'll be like, like, and how I started doing it is I would say, um, can we have a business meeting? Oh, that's I love that. That's how I started that. doing that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's great. Because it's like, can we talk is so loaded. <sighs> and I hate if girls say that to me. Like, can we yeah. talk? And I'm like, fucking what? <laughs> and then I have to listen for, to that like, whole. <laughs> oh, a woman talking is so just, exhausting. <laughs> you know, so when I'll do it, I'll say, You're like, can you tell me this, but pretend to be a guy on the chat room and then I'll listen to <laughs> Yeah, that really gets my attention. Don't ask questions. <laughs> but if you say, can I, because it's like a business meeting, it's like, pause, let's get emotion out of it. I'll be like, hmm. okay, like I felt like it hurt my feelings when this happened. Am I, where were you coming from with that? And then that'll help. That's so, like, I love that. I might have to use that for future relationships. Go for it. it so comedians seem, I've mentioned some uh -huh. comedians, they usually like it. Like they're like, oh, that's a really good idea. Oh, the um, other people are like, fuck <laughs> this sociopath. Well, kind of, yeah, because we have a business meeting. I mentioned my when I first started dating my girlfriend, I was like, you know, when we, if we ever feel like we need to talk about something, like safe space, anytime, uh -huh. talk about it. But just so we have like a heads up, why don't we call a business meeting? And she was like, or or we could just like talk to each other. <laughs> and I was like, right, but like we could. And then there was, there was. I remember one time, she's not a comedian. No, okay. so there was one time. <laughs> I forget it was like we talked and then like a couple minutes later she called and said something that I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like, wait, wait, wait. 
this is like a business meeting type conversation. Like, where did this come from? Like, we got to <laughs> sit down, like, and like have a little, like, so we can have con- safe space context here. Yeah. But yeah, I have comedians definitely are into it. Um, normal people are just like, not as much. Say it when you mean it. Right. Like, they're yeah. like, they're like, well, that's what a relationship is, is just talking to the person. But it, I, gosh, I don't know. Cause it's like, you know, I've gotten texts, serious texts at work, and I'll be like, you know, I, I want, yeah, I want to respond to this in a this thoughtful way yes, and exactly. respectful. But if I do, my brain's going to be in a different place, and that's exactly. not respectful for my work. And then so I'll just have to be like, let's talk later. But then it does seem like I'm like ignoring them. Right. The truth is, I just want to be like in the right place. Absolutely. Give my full attention. And honestly, a part of it is I do want to express myself well and sometimes i think like oh if i'm caught off guard i'll say something dumb which is actually really good because you're not responding impulsively that's true because that's bad like if you because if you respond to something quickly and if you respond out of fear or anger it's much more likely you're going to regret it you're never gonna yeah. be like oh, i'm so glad i didn't even think before i sent that you know want to see your body take your clothes off huh i'm a bus quick if your lips off huh rock that shit till you blast off hey yeah let's have a sex talk huh got a big boy then pull it out that was emma wilman um i have a couple more clips i hope you guys are having a great day by the way i don't know if you celebrate christmas but if you do i hope you're having a merry christmas or if you save this to listen to after christmas um i hope you had a merry christmas or um a happy hanukkah i know that already passed but i hope you had whatever holiday you're celebrating or if you don't celebrate and you're just like at work going about your day as usual know that i too work throughout my holidays um whether people ask me to or not that's just like how i function so i'm with you i hope you're having a good day okay this next clip um New York comedian. Look, I lived in New York, so half of the comedians on this show probably lived in New York, but it doesn't matter. I don't know why I need to tell you they're from New York. I just think it's cool because I used to live there, and that's how I know this guy. Um, this guy, one of the first comedians I met when I started doing stand-up, um, I guess he's technically from Chicago, and now he lives in L.A., so I should stop telling people he's from New York. Kenny DeForest, so funny, so lovely. Um, watch his set, late-night set online uh his Seth Meyers set but that's not what's what this clip is about no this clip is all about why um men specifically not all men but this sort of the context you you know of this conversation was him and his guy friends growing up would um kind of like chase cars and and kind of get into trouble for the adrenaline rush so we kind of talk up about the biological stand um biological motivation for little boys wanting to sort of like push that physical uh, adrenaline and uh yeah I don't know I, I thought this was an interesting point because I actually think as an adult I wish that I pushed my body more but I don't think it was very instinctive for me to do so so now sometimes I'm worried that I would die in a war this is Kenny DeForest enjoy but I I think that what you just said like sounds like a it totally makes sense this is probably very common with teenage boys yeah. I and mean, even girls like but we would you know whatever our adrenaline rush was like going to talk to boys i guess we we're a little bit more ma- not mature but like our brains were like ahead so we we're like let's go try to talk to boys yeah but boys are pushing that line like, yeah boys are so stupid we just have to like prove there's something biologically where we have to prove our physical uh ability you know, uh-huh. and so it's like fighting, it's sports, sure. but it's also like, I'm going to generate almost a hunting scenario. Like, oh, yeah. am I able to flee danger? I'm like there's something biologically where we have to know that. Like, 
it's huh. just if I'm being chased across the Great Plains by a buffalo, <laughs> what am I? What what skill set am I dealing with? How long can I run this fast? You know? Yeah, I've never thought of that. That that is really well put. Like you're literally trying to like you're training a little. You're conditioning that sort of fight or flight response. Yeah, we are animals, and we forget <laughs> that all the time. There are things that we do that make no sense at the time, but at the time it feels totally logical. This is what you should be doing. No one else understands. (laughs) And then you look back even two years later, three years later, because you changed so much from 16 to 18, from 18 to 20. And you look back and you go, what was that? Like, (laughs) I don't know. What was the motivation there? How did that end up in my head? It's like watching when cats are alone and then they just start going and like fighting with a yarn ball and then they like push it aside and then jump on it. And you're like, what what are you doing? Yeah. What do you think that is? It's so funny. (laughs) I need to attack something. Yeah. Cats are a great example. (laughs) A cat will be like borderline asleep. And then for no reason, it'll just be sprinting around (laughs) and chasing nothing. That was Kenny DeForest. Um, We have just a few more clips left. And then you got to go back to your family. And I hope that they're nice to you. Um, I'm actually recording this before I go back to my family. So I think I'm going to go see them tomorrow. So that'll be interesting. I hope I make it back alive. Um, This next clip is with comedian Nori Reed. She is so funny i gotta come up with better adjectives but that's just truly what i think everybody i have on the show i'm like you're so funny come on come do my show um but she just moved to la from the bay area and i we just i just love her so much we have such such great honest conversations it's really cool to sort of have someone from the bay area who even though i didn't start comedy there i grew up there so there's a lot of sort of like shared experiences that we can talk about but this clip we talk specifically about um sort of the nuances within Asian culture, like not, you know, not Asian as this like broad term, but like within the Asian community, there are these like, there is, I mean, I don't know how else to say it, but kind of racism between Asians, Um, pride, nationalism. Maybe I could say nationalism because it's not really racism. It's not rooted in race, Um, but it's kind of rooted in this like, nationalism and we talked about that and we talked about how that affected us and our view of each other and it was really interesting so enjoy but yeah you lose a lot when you when you are separated that way from like half of you or like you know like who like you know who you are and then you feel it especially um being in uh trying to make it in hollywood now where they're like okay great we want asians do you speak this can you do martial arts i'm like I was trying to be white. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> I know. I actually just wrote for, I mean, this is local. It was for this. Um, we have a sketch uh, sketch company in San Francisco called Killing My Lobster. Uh-huh. And I wrote for a show called Model Minority Report. And oh, it, it was great. an all Asian cast, all, you know, all Asian writers. And it was, you know, it was interesting being in the room because it was like, you know, so much like Asian kind of culture and mm-hmm. i think as a mixed person i definitely almost was feeling re not i i hate the word triggered i think it's such a stupid <laughs> i hate that shit but 
Yeah, he was definitely activated in terms activated. of just activated, like right? Uh, Sounds activated. like some sort of secret powers, right? My my that that release the plutonium. <laughs> that like that stuff was definitely touched in terms of just like oh man, like I don't really get up some of these references or I uh-huh. don't really, and it just brought me back to that feeling of like you know I I tried to go to Korean um, language school. I oh, asked yeah. okay. so. I asked my mom. Oh, you asked. How old it, were you when? You uh, asked? I think I was probably fifteen. Okay. And I asked if I could at the local Korean church. Guess where? Clarksville. Ha ha. Clarksville, bitch. Oh my god. I was like, can I go to Clarksville during the summer and take these things, take this class? And it was it was hard. It was too because at that point I felt too far away to mm. even begin to try to learn this like language gotcha. that's not even I, what's the word is phonetic versus i don't know that oh stuff, um yes because it's not words. using the letters it's using yes like, the image yeah. yeah it's a completely different called, language much more intuitive but it's, it's slavic well it's from they're all kind of derived from arabic yeah right? a lot of the asian and, languages and korean is actually uh the only language in, well i don't know if this is true but it's the propaganda that they told us so in korean uh-huh. language school they told us that korean was created by a person Yes, yeah. that is true. But mm-hmm. I'll add on to that the propaganda I was told because <laughs> I'm Ch- Taiwanese Chinese, which is that Korean was created by a person who combined Japanese and Chinese. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I forgot the second part. That's so well, funny. It's funny. Sp- talk about spinning things wow. from one side. It's a point of pride. From the other yeah. side, it's a point of pride that we were the originals. So it's like, feel which like, is it? I feel like that's like Forever 21 <laughs> being like, look, like we made this. And ah. someone's like, well, you made this from a Philip Lim. <laughs> That's like, so funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I mean, yeah, propaganda, whatever you're told. I mean, I was told by my mom and in my mind for the longest time, I didn't have a lot of Korean friends in the Bay Area growing up. And I really did think, oh, Korea is a combination of Chinese and Japanese culture. So I've yeah. got it. I don't need to learn it. But, I know what it is. But <laughs> the real, the reality is that Japanese stole a lot of culture from, from Korea. Chi- oh, yes. But they also stole from. Yeah. China. So like a lot of the architecture and like even the like yeah. geisha stuff is like mm. actually Korean. Oh really? Well, well they've again, all kind of taken from they've all taken stuff true. from each other. I think right. um, J- J- Japan is so interesting because Japan was so like I don't say evil. That's not the right word, but they were like um, you know of imperial whatever they they yeah. were a war country and they took mm-hmm. and but then they did it. They re- adapted to their own culture so well yeah. like japanese art is so beautiful and it's its own thing but it does take a lot from other cultures yeah. um but it's become its own thing well a lot, so it's yeah a lot of healing has happened between korea and japan yes. recently but back in the day like my grandmother for example mm-hmm. so when i did go to i did go to korea right i learned chopsticks i went to korea yeah and i, and I was 11 or 12 and i learned um so much and basically my grandmother she hated like anything Japanese. So she wouldn't yeah. have any Japanese appliances. She wouldn't allow. And she had this whole theory that um, Japanese people were coming to Korea to steal like kimchi <laughs> and kimchi recipes. This was like her thing. Like she was really I mean, talk about appropriation. Yeah. Like that is what the Asian countries are doing to each other. But this is also like wartime. So yeah, because well, she, she grew up in a post, you know, yeah. uh, war culture. And uh, experienced it, and it, it's very, very real to them. That kind yeah, of yeah. My of, grandpa was yeah. the same. He hated Japan, and I um, remember meeting a friend in college who was Korean, and she was 
saying and she like hung out the k-town crowds all her friends were korean and she's kind of just drunk saying this not like totally being racist but she was just saying like yeah you know the best asians it's korea china oh and ja- um and then japan shit. at the bottom yeah. but then i was like that's so funny because if you ask a chinese person they're like yeah china japan korea or whatever like they're all yeah. like put themselves first and then depending on who they hate the most they're just at the bottom <laughs> exactly That was Nori Reed. Um, this next clip, I had improviser and writer and funny actress Sydney Steinberg. Um, she's so so funny. This is one of the most downloaded episodes of the year, I believe. So um, she was so honest. She and and so it was so cool to hear her talk about her journey because you truly see like she changed her point of view not like during the course of the episode like she did the work but she did the work before but it was cool to see like she was this person who was very insecure about her relationship and then it totally like she totally did all this work and now she's like in a stable healthy relationship it's really cool um but in this clip we talked about why we stay in bad situations and why we repeat patterns and um well, I always get iffy talking about this, um, but I actually mentioned it in the clip, so I won't go into it too much. But I, I you know, I, I just express that um, it's helped me. from. So this comes from a very personal place. Sometimes when I say things and I'm too broad, I, I get like at, I get added at, added replies. I get reply guys, but there are sometimes women um, online. This happens when I go on platforms that aren't my fans, which is fine. I like that. I like to be broad, but people will be like, oh, she doesn't know what she's talking about because this. And I'm like, I've always been very clear. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just coming from um, my own experience and my own honesty. And hopefully people can relate, but it's not the right answer for everyone. Um, Why did I go on that tangent? Oh, because (laughs) because I um, because this helped me. The, the feeling of empowerment helped me get out of a bad situation. So that's what I talk about here. But I recognize that not everybody is ready to leave a bad situation. And I'm not trying to victim blame. People are not, it's not their fault. Um, but this did help me. So I tried to shift the narrative a bit. And anyways, here is that clip. Enjoy. I've gotten better because of therapy, but I'll see like patterns that have repeated in my past. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, it's not not to like blame myself, but yeah, kind of yeah. at a certain point, if I'm repeating a pattern, yeah. even if someone's hurting me, like there is something I need to do yeah. to figure out why I'm drawn to that. Yeah. Oh my God. Totally. Like, why did I date this horrible guy for <laughs> so long and move in with him? That's fully on me. I mean, he's not great, but I stayed right, there. But there's something that yeah. made me not leave. Yeah. yeah. That's the whole thing. Like boundaries, I guess. Yeah. Oh, boundaries. It's hard to talk. Of, sometimes I'll talk about it too broadly with someone who doesn't go there. And then it sounds like I'm victim blaming. And that's why I get so like uh, dicey about it. But mm-hmm. I, I do really think it's it puts power in your shoes. If you're it like, does. oh, it's my choice to get out of a bad situation. Yeah. Still their fault for being an oh, asshole. Oh, for sure. But I have a choice. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah. I remember like being in this bad relationship and being like, just make it a year. Like it's Uh too embarrassing if you leave before a year. And like, that's if I had just, 
I fired my therapist uh, <laughs> during this time. <laughs> oh man, you were like, I don't want to hear any yeah, dissenting well, voices. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, part of you knew that. Oh, I fully knew right. that was yeah. horrible. Um, and so during that time, if I had just been talking to someone about that, like, I could have been like, this is insane. Who cares what anyone thinks? Like, yeah. I need to leave. And also, I've done that before too, but. Like, not exactly that, but just the idea of, like, well, maybe we'll see to the holidays or yeah. whatever. But that's insane because if you already know, you're, it's not going to be forever. Yeah, like, what why wait? Oh, my God. <laughs> so insane. I remember texting my friend being like, I'm moving in with this guy. And she replied, you literally just told me, like, he's not your person. Oh, like, no. what are you doing? And I was like, um, I changed my mind. <laughs> Even right, though you knew. backpedal. Yeah, I've totally done that. Back- where oh. I'm, like, fully out of it. All my friends hate this person. I'm yeah. like yeah we're we're back together and yeah. like, everything's cool i'm like yeah just for pretend you don't, don't know about yeah. all that stuff it's still all there but just yeah. we're gonna override oh, it with new God. memories <laughs> that's not how that works yeah. nope no 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 i'm the type of bitch i need the money here compassion little spoiled bitch yeah i get a lot of that i'm always down to ride but these niggas never loyal back talking about he nervous because he never got to follow back clout chasing name niggas with paper hating on the bitches the same bitch that he lay with I can't trust him, I can't love him, so I duck him. Keep him in rotation so I never have to suffer. Focus on my goals so I never have to struggle. They hate it when you're busy and you get into the bag. I even cut some bitches off. I thought we were friends, but they was mad. That Sh- was Sydney Steinberg. Um, did you like how much I over-explained myself before that clip? I really would love to know if, if you're like a regular listener and something I say doesn't resonate or you disagree, I actually want to know because it would be crazy if everybody agreed with me all the time. I don't want that at all, but I do want to challenge myself, um, which I do think I challenge myself by talking to some of these guests who have different opinions than me. But um, sometimes, you know, if you're a listener, you might feel like you don't have a voice and you do. You can always email me, tell me anything pod at gmail.com. You can at me on Instagram or Twitter. I mean, don't show up at my door, but you really, I'm pretty accessible otherwise. At Larissa T, L E R E S A T E E, or at tell me anything pod. Um, I know earlier I kind of like hinted at people um, getting mad at me for things when I'm on other people's podcasts. And I guess I'll fill you guys in because confidants, you've been with me all the way. So I am. Um, I can tell you this. I can be honest. Um, I went on my good buds podcast daily site, guys, who I love so much. Um, I've been on it a couple of times. Some of you guys may even have found me from there. Um, and, you know, it's a big, bigger podcast than this, so I don't need to promote it. You guys all probably know what it is. Um, but I, one of my myths that I dispelled recently was that NPD, narcissist personality disorder, is different from narcissism with a lowercase n the way like you know the new york times or the atlantic or whatever talk about how narcissism with a lowercase n is affecting our culture and and it 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 bothers me only because i've very closely dealt with and people with npd and i very much do empathize with them and i do think that uh i I don't know I, i don't know what i said to piss people off i mean i can imagine that People have strong feelings about this. So there's nothing wrong with that. But I, I, some people got mad that they, they were like, oh, she needs to do a research or this is really dangerous because it's actually really hard for people with NPD to get help. And I know that. I actually am not shitting on them. I just am saying that it's different. The only thing I was trying to say was that NPD is different from narcissism with a lowercase n, which I still stand by. Those two things are different and they get conflated and it makes it really hard for people who have actual mental illness to get help 
because it's conflated with all of these like images we see on TV and movies, right? Where they create narcissist characters that are caricaturized. Um, they're not really human or they are glorified. So that's what I was trying to say. Um, I'm not going to like reply back to any of these people online because I think they're just trying to yell into a void and that's fine if it makes them feel better. But for my listeners, if any of you guys were offended by that, I want to have an open discussion um, because I've been going to a narcissist survivor group for a couple months now. I've been reading a lot about it. I listen to different lectures. Um, and personally, I have an experience, a couple experiences with um, you know, living with someone with NPD. Um, and I, um, yeah, that's where my experience comes from. Again, I would not call myself an expert. I'm not a professional, but I can tell you personally that I know a hundred percent. I have met people with NPD and I don't think all media representation of them is correct. And I actually think a lot of it is really harmful and makes it harder for survivors um, to get help and also makes it harder for people with NPD to get help. Um, that being said, I still stand by what I said. If you, uh, a fuckboy is not a narcissist. Um, sometimes there is a Venn diagram, but people can be assholes and they can also not have a mental illness. But then there are people with mental illnesses. If you have NPD, if you have a personality disorder, you um, may not be diagnosed because a lot of times you don't. People with NPD will not go get treatment. Um, but if you live around these people or know them, um, you can kind of tell based on, well, based on how you feel around them, based on what they do, their actions and the pattern. So I do stand by that. I think just like, even if you've never met someone with it, it and this is the first time you're hearing about it and you're curious, like I encourage you to go look it up because just being informed is really the first step towards um, just like a healthier existence. Anyways, that's my little soapbox. I apologize if uh, if I'm uninformed. Um, you know, honestly, I feel like fairly informed on this subject, but I know I'm not an expert and I'm definitely not a doctor. So I'm not trying to tell you how to live your life. Um, feel free to at me if you're an actual listener. If you found this through the Daily Zeitgeist, just to scream at me. Um, I don't know. Get a better hobby. Okay. We have two more, no, three more clips, um, and these are all really great. I know there's no order of the clips, but these three are truly, really great. Great way to end 2019. So this next clip, uh, I have guest com guest and comedian Lamar Woods on. He's so wonderful. I just had the pleasure of getting to know him this year. I think um, he's just, like, so talented and funny and um, just a very nice person, like, truly a nice, empathetic person. Anyways, that's not what I'm. this podcast is about. This podcast is about this clip. And you know what we talk about in this clip? We talked about masculinity. Um, we talked about this like invisible pressure to lean into being masculine or feminine. Um, if you're a man or a woman, sort of this heteronormacy. And we talked, we kind of dissected it because we're both, I think, pretty um, comfortable being ourselves but also aware self-aware like there was this very weird element of self-awareness when Lamar and I talk because I think we both are have strong personalities but we also like want to see the other side so this is that clip um enjoy well there's also like uh it's also you know you gotta go back know. with your buddies 
uh, wear your leather jackets and <laughs> stop him on the way out. I don't know. We got to like have a dance yeah. battle. You ride your bicycle up to him and be yeah, like, hey. I could do a comedy set there. Maybe then <laughs> maybe then I can like show him what I'm good at. Yeah. And that would, <laughs> then that then he'll be like, oh, okay, I see. Yeah. But right now it's just, so like, just about respect. Like you don't feel like he respects you because you're like, oh, you're comparing yourself just on basis of muscle mass but then you're like well i have this other thing that you don't you know what it is i think it's two things happening i mean tell me you can relate to this as a woman but for there's a masculinity issue uh Uh, i think there is it so there's all these men who are like really you know i guess the quote-unquote idea of what a man could should be or something Uh like just physically and then i'm there and then it's like it's not an intentional like um it's not like they're they're like this it's not like they have a problem with me or like they're mm-hmm. looking at me in a certain way it's like i'm a, it's like an invisible thing where you're like uh-huh. uh it's like they're they're just they just move through like it's mm-hmm. like i'm not even there like like if i'm about to let's say i'm about to walk to a machine there they'll just walk in front of me and sit there like it's oh. like i was never even going it's like they didn't even see me it's crazy it's like i was it's uh-huh. like invisible i mean i mean That's it's not as bad as the like, invisible no. man but it is like that book invisible man. um you know i i can kind of relate to that on the opposite end and like i'll try to speak to that on the feminine feminine expectations because i think mm-hmm. i feel that way too like i go back and forth between you know like i feel like i'm pretty femme but i also like can be like a tomboy sometimes which is i right. feel like we should get rid of that term i, I can't imagine that that term is going to be around for long oh but yeah for lack of better words what an idea of a tomboy is you know um mm-hmm. but i always like like quote unquote girly things growing up um you know i like to dress up i like to used to go out in heels and dresses but um, I think doing comedy and just being a little bit more like chill and not caring that much um, put me f- kind of, you know, in the middle. And then when I'm with my girlfriends who are very, very like femme and like right. really, it's not even being femme in a sense of like style, but more like lifestyle, right? Right, right. Like the things that they value in their life is to find a husband and to get like right. who has money. And they'll talk about that openly like, oh, so like I'm dating this guy and he makes this much and this guy, yeah. he has, but he has a better job. So like just already I see that they value that they value um, like kind of always looking pretty, having good homemaker skills. Right. And when I hang out with them, it's, I mean, they accept me and we're all friends, but right. I do feel that invisible thing you're talking about, which is like, I either feel a need to like uh, t- talk up my, them stuff like right. i have to be like i made dinner the other day and right. just to like be like i also cook right right yeah even though it's not important <laughs> yeah, to i me. baked a pie yeah. i'll put it on a windowsill i'll yeah. like take pictures of stuff like if i like decorate my apartment i'll like make sure i tell the group chat because i'm like they'll care about this and so i feel that invisible like pressure um but i also sometimes will feel it's not that it's not that i actually think they care it's almost right. like yeah i don't know it's almost like i see that they like that lifestyle and then by seeing that, I feel like I'm lacking something. Yeah. It's so weird. I can't tell if it's like, if it already existed uh-huh. and my mind is like magnifying it or if like the my parent, my own insecurities like of, like if I could just be the person, like be me mm-hmm. truly and not care, would I like actually do I need to do anything? Like, would, uh-huh. it, would it even make a difference? You know what I mean? Like, are they, uh-huh. it's not like they, it's not like these guys would see me if, well, so, cause I feel like my reaction, I mean, my instinct is to just, instead of just like not caring or just uh-huh. like doing, just doing my own thing. My instinct is to like, like be up, like, 
like to man, put more weight to, to man up. More, yeah, yeah. Put more weight on the thing <laughs> and be like, and then do copy them, which mm. feels like disingenuous to me. So, mm-hmm. but almost like, I almost wonder if it, in their mind, they're not even, they're, they're not even thinking about me. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure this whole scenario, this whole thing is happening in my head. Lamar Woods um go watch his movie it's called it's a party it's very funny my DP that shot um I think she likes you uh her name's Carissa Dorson she also shot that movie this next clip is with good friend and very funny comedian and timeout comic to watch last year Jared Goldstein um we talked about his um experience as a sort of a teen teen actor teen pop star and um, I didn't think this conversation was going to go this way, but we did end up kind of going this way. And this happens a lot when I talk to people who um, have similar relationships with their parents. Um, we just got into um, sort of like the uh, the need to get safety from your parents and sort of like the moment we both realized it was time to let go and how that totally affected and changed our relationships for the better. So I hope you enjoy this. So I went on this commercial audition and uh-huh. my inspiration, my acting inspiration was Jennifer Aniston oh my on God. Friends. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to do this like Smuckers commercial or whatever, <laughs> how Jennifer Aniston on Friends as Rachel Green would do Aww. it. And that was like exciting to me. And I went and I did it and I had so much fun and I left. And then, and, and then my and then mom, she was like, how'd it go? And I was like, uh, and then, we sat in all this traffic to get there, coming from Long Island yeah. to the city. And then we sat in all this traffic to go back. And then she really lost her cool and she got so mad at me. And she was like, and this was like her stage mom moment. There were a few. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, like when people ask me, is your mom a stage mom? I'm always like, no. Um, and she also wasn't. But she had moments. Yeah. Like anyone has moments. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, but I'm still like defending. I'm still like an 11 year old no, yeah, kid who's like, the- no, 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 no. She just got mad this one time and she'll never do it again. And you know what I mean? Like well, that kind of the like part of you because your parents, when you're a kid are your source of safety. Yeah. And so when you accept that, they're, like they're, they're three dimensional people, but when you accept that they are also hurting you, it doesn't mean they're bad people. Yeah. But when you accept that you're taking away the net that they are also your safety. Exactly. And so we always defend them because we don't want to live in the reality. Yeah. Where and you're no also longer- building your own safety net. Well, that's, that's what you should that always that do. Not, yeah. But the problem when you, um, when I like as a kid would always justify what she, you know my mom did is because I didn't want to live in a world where I accepted that she was no longer a viable source of safety. Yeah. Because then I'm like, oh, it's, I've got nothing left, so I just keep being like, it's okay, I forgive her, so I'll just keep trying to get safety from her and then, yeah you know, oh my yeah. god i literally feel like i'm always doing that like yeah. just try and I, I, i'm on the phone with her and i like i can feel it i'm like holding my phone to my face and i'm like let me try and it doesn't work and i'm yeah. like why do you keep tr- stop trying stop yeah. trying but after this thing she lost her cool she got really upset she was like i'm i, I can't drive i can't sit in hours of traffic for you to for you to leave the audition for me to go how'd it go and for you to go uh and at the time I understood that and I sort of do. And I was telling her that as an adult yeah. recently. And then she was like, no, 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 no. Like you were a kid. I was the adult. Like I, I'm, we're always wrong. Right. You were the kid. And I was like, oh my God. It like really Aww. was like, yeah, it was such a beautiful moment with my mom where I was like, oh fuck. 
you're great. That was Jared Goldstein. Um, finally, our last clip of 2019. I know, I can't believe it's already over. Um, but we will be back January January 2020. Um I believe the second week of January, um, and uh, I'll be back strong with some some strong guests. Uh, I have comedian Lacey Mosley. I'm very excited for that. She is the host of Scam Goddess on Earwolf, um, also a regular on Daily Zeitgeist, so I'm sure some of you already know her. I'm so excited to have her, but that's not till next year. This year, to end a, I was about to say spectacular year, but honestly, this year was a hellfire of a year um, in many ways, but also in many ways, very good. It kind of was one of those years where you're like, wow, I'm being turned inside out and everything hurts. Um, but cool, it's going to end soon. So that's also nice. Um, but you know what didn't hurt? This episode, um, this episode, this next clip with Binny and Bazuna. Um, this was pretty recent, so you guys might remember it, but I actually really enjoyed this moment because he was so open and he's just like such a funny guy and so easy to talk to that you don't like even when he gets serious you're not like you don't get tense you know it's like he's just like comedian through and through he's just so easygoing and so able to handle um whatever life throws at him I think he's a Sagittarius it makes sense um I'm kidding I'm not that into astrology no I am I don't know why I'm insecure about you guys know I like astrology but that was a joke I, I'm not I'm actually not sure what a sign is. Um, but we talked about um, a really dark time of his life. And he just opened up about how he was depressed and how he hadn't grown up knowing about depression and uh, how he was able to handle it and how he was finally able to get on antidepressants. And I think this is such an important clip because um, it's just so matter of fact and honest and, and informative and very... Uh, brave of him to share so i hope you guys enjoy i need to just go full force that's why i don't feel right um and try doing like juice cleanse all these things because i was like it's i can solve this and then i finally accepted like oh fuck i think this is depression and i talked to my dad about it and was like hey um so depression it runs in families and stuff yeah. and like have you ever had these kind of thoughts or have you felt depressed and he's like honestly no and i was like <laughs> you've never felt like apathy or just didn't like have any investment in what was going to happen and he was like well when I was 20 and I was in my sophomore year at uh, the state college yeah. in Addis Ababa I uh, my first semester I got great grades but then the second semester I stopped attending classes and I would just walk the streets of Addis. And if you asked me at that time if I cared if I lived or died, I would have tell you honestly no. And I'm like, <laughs> motherfucker, like, that's. But I've never been depressed. Yeah. It's like. End of story. <laughs> and I was like, that's depression. He's like, well, when I think about it, yeah, maybe that's. Wow. Yeah. And he like had not connected that he had been depressed. Wow. Yeah. Well, um, when did they move here? They were, it was 1980. And okay. he was like, and you were born here. Yeah, I was born here. He was like already 30 something when he moved here. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. That's so interesting. I mean, you, it seems like you have such like, um, self-awareness that like, I feel like a lot of people don't like 
you, the fact that you're feeling this way and didn't grow up with access to like the language and you're you felt different you're like I'm gonna figure this out and research it and we're like even taking the step to ask your family to be like I heard it's genetic like that yeah. is so like it's so proactive and so admirable like I feel like so many people who do grow up with parents who are like supportive of mental illnesses mm -hmm. and like go to therapy don't even have that language and yeah proactiveness. I, think, I think it's because at a certain point you just want to feel better and you yeah. like yeah. you're like are you a very like task oriented person like you um, you like you're like a problem solver sometimes <laughs> i think yeah i think i i think i have a if if there's something i want to do i generally will formulate the best steps on how to do it whether i actually go through with it yeah who knows do but, you get anxiety um, i don't i don't know i think i have before when i was in the throes of depression i remember mm -hmm. not even having the language to call it anxiety but like uh, getting intense kind of like fears of something you had done in the past and how mm. like someone like, Oh man, that person probably hates me now because that kind of thing. Oh yeah. You, another joke you have about walking away. Oh yeah. Like not to say all your jokes on the, <laughs> Oh, I mean, pod, I mean, these are already on comedy. Central, <laughs> so it's okay. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, well I only ask that because it's like, I feel like anxiety is yeah. so common in comedians, but hearing the way you talk about how you're like, okay, I need a, I don't feel good and I need to feel better. I'm like, it sounds like someone who like, it's, it's like almost like, uh, it's like, I don't know what the opposite of anxiety is, but it's like you have depression without the anxiety. So you're like, I ha I need to fix this. Whereas when they're together, sometimes you get so paralyzed where you're like, I can't do anything about this. Well, you, it did take me a long time. So I think there was anxiety in there. Cause it wasn't like this overnight. Like I feel bad. It's been a week. It's like, you know, months and months and months. And uh -huh. I was, I, before I actually got like got on antidepressants, I'd been feeling this way for over a year and oh, wow. just kept on thinking like I was so scared to get on them because I was like, what if I need them now for the rest of my life and yeah. I can't get off them? Or what if I start taking them and I get better, but the re but I'm also like running a lot and the reason yeah. I'm getting better, I don't know that it's because of Which them. Is, yeah. And th then I will feel like, you know, that like does I sound like anxiety. Okay. Yeah. I take it back. You had yeah. Anxiety. That was Binny and Bazuna. And that folks confidence is our last clip of the year. I hope you guys enjoyed this clip show. Um, we will be back in January with a new episode. Um, in the meantime, I might I might release another um, like a rerun or something like that just to keep you guys interested. Um, but we definitely will be back with new episodes in the new year. So stay tuned for that. If you haven't subscribed already, subscribe. What are you waiting for? Give me a nice five star review. I love those. Give me stars. Yes. Um, and oh, I did want to say so. Like I did mention that these aren't like the top, top clips, right? These are just all really strong clips I really liked. So there may be other good moments. Um, but because I played Biniums, I do also want to say like the last episode last week, uh, it was a very, I think it was a very touching episode with Katie Willard. Um, I just wanted to give a special mention too, because, because it was the last episode, I didn't pull any clips from it because it just happened. But, um, you know, Binium talks about getting on antidepressants. I think Katie really went there as well um, and talked about her experience. And they both had very different experiences. But I thought that was they're both so honest and so open. And I really do think, um, you know, I, that's a resource that like 
if I was a teenager, I wish, I wish podcasts existed, you know, when I was there, but so I just like really, uh, appreciate both of their honesties and everybody's honesty on this podcast. Um, if I missed a moment that you guys loved, if there was something where you're like, oh my God, I can't get over this moment. It was so good, but she didn't include it. Let me know at me. It's at Larissa T on Twitter or Instagram or tell me anything pod on Instagram or just shoot me an email. I take private emails too. tell me anything pod at gmail.com. Um, that's our final clip. If you guys want to see me do live comedy, I mean, you know where to find me, TeresaLeeComedy.com slash shows. But um, I will be doing a weekend at the Madhouse Comedy Club in San Diego the weekend of January 10th. So hope to see you guys down there if you live down there. Um, besides that, I post shows regularly on my website. And um, that's been it. I really hope you guys have a great new year. And I don't know, like do something fun that you would never do, but that you've always wanted to do it. Right? Yeah. Have you been thinking about doing, doing something like asking that person out or buying that crazy jacket or I don't know, blowing all your money in Vegas. Don't do that. But I've thought about that. Just do it. I'm giving you permission right now. Have some fun. Take a risk. Um, that's it. <laughs> okay. I hope you guys enjoy your new year. Bye. Daddy is fuck. I feel daddy is fuck. Daddy is